this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. Welcome back to Experience Eden on this side of heaven. Today we wanted to talk about healing from heartbreak through holiness. So really, <laughs> I know, right? I was like, <laughs> we really wanted to talk about grief, heartbreak, and how to really deal with this, you know, with grace and holiness, because we know it's definitely a hard thing to do. So as always, though, we start with definitions. Yes, <laughs> I'm the word dork. I think words are so interesting and they are often used out of context or without a full understanding of the actual meaning. So I always like to use them uh, properly and to kind of define them a little bit so it helps us kind of navigate the direction of the discussion. So heartbreak is crushing grief, anguish, or distress. Grief is deep sadness caused especially by someone's death. Um, to be honest, this topic was kind of born, uh, with the consideration of the loss of a loved one mm -hmm. and, um, mourning the passing of someone. Uh, but when I really got into the topic of heartbreak, I started realizing there's so much heartbreak in addition to losing someone. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of heartache and heartbreak that we experience in our lives that are not always connected to the passing of a loved one. And I think it's important to address all of it. In terms of how do we, how do we deal with it and how do we navigate those painful times and those seasons, um, with holiness and with grace, um, for ourselves and also for our, our loved ones who are going through a tough time. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think sometimes in that pain, those really stir up other emotions. Mm -hmm. And if we aren't careful, you know, we let them loose on the wrong people or we handle it wrong and internalize things that could really be devastating, you yeah. know, could really hurt us. So yeah. definitely think it's important to talk about. And I love this verse too, that mm -hmm. goes along with it. Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Amen. Amen. And so when you think about it, um, you know, logically for believers, we know the Lord is near us. Yes. Um, but it's in the times when we need him the most that often we can't feel his presence mm -hmm. or we're just so consumed with the anguish that we don't feel his presence, mm -hmm. even though he's there, because we're just so consumed with the pain that we can't feel the comfort of God. Uh, so it's important that we always try to um, redirect to him and to his love and his comfort, uh, especially when we don't feel it naturally. Uh, so we were talking about different things, you know, how mm -hmm. do we respond to heartbreak? Mm -hmm. How do we respond to grief, to loss, uh, even to failure? Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of, of, a lot of pain born from failure, from either trying something that you fail at or not trying something you wish you had. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, icky feelings or disappointments or traumatic experiences that we endure in life. And it's really important that we have the emotional tools and the coping mechanisms to deal with it in a healthy way that is also, um, kind of loving to ourselves mm -hmm. and then how do we be loving to the people that we love when they're in those seasons and to identify it both in ourselves and in others. It's really important. Um, so I was thinking about it, you know, if you think about it clinically mm -hmm. and I thought this was such an interesting fact, 
is that uh, the part of the brain that is stimulated and activated in emotional pain is the same as in physical pain. Interesting. Isn't that so cool? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at a brain you know, on, an, on an MRI and you look at the response and the neurons firing um, in the brain is that um, it cannot distinguish pain is pain, yes. whether it be physical or emotional. Um, the difference here, though, is that with physical pain, you know, you have a bruise or a wound or a cut or a broken bone or something mm -hmm. that we can identify. We can go to a doctor. Yeah. We can get whatever remedies or treatments that we need to correct the problem, to heal the wound. Uh, and so it's a little easier to diagnose and treat in a physical wound. Um, but then when you have an emotional wound, where do we go? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's those invisible wounds that are the most painful and um, that they cause deep, deep scars, often from childhood, that are kind of reopened and re-irritated as we go through life. Uh, and so, like you said, when we feel heartbreak, it often triggers other things, whether it be fear or mm -hmm. fear of abandonment or um, self-loathing in a failure or something like that. Yeah. So it's important to identify that um, we, we have pain triggers, emotional pain triggers, um, and then we often respond in, in a way that is historically comfortable to us just because it's familiar. It's not healthy, yeah. but it's familiar. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think a lot of the way we do handle pain and grief is learned from childhood, how Absolutely. we originally, you know, dealt with those things. And if they are toxic or not good, like we have to relearn how to yeah. cope with that, which makes it really hard. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing. Uh, when we think about like, how do we deal with heart heartache or pain or anything like that? It's not just like, how do we relearn it? It's like, we need to identify it first. Yeah. And so um, I was thinking about some questions, right? Mm -hmm. We were pondering some questions and these are just questions to consider. We're not going to try and do a Q&A and answer them all right now. But for all of you that are listening um, to really just pause and take a moment for yourself, for mm -hmm. your own inventory, for your own benefit. So here's some of the questions that we came up with is how do we react to heartbreak? Mm -hmm. Do we pause and seek God first as believers? Is that our automatic response or do we fall apart and cry and then call our best friend and yeah. then think about maybe praying about it? You know, yep. well, what do we do? Because if we're honest, oftentimes it's that order. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you fall apart, you have a moment of scrambling emotionally, and then you call a friend or maybe your mom or a parent or whatever, and somebody that you feel will comfort you. And then after that, okay, maybe I'm going to pray about this. Maybe yeah. I'm going to see what God says about this. Um, and so it's important to kind of, you know, recategorize the order of importance there. So how, what am I going to do to uh, respond next time in, in a more effective way? Um, do we express or communicate hurt? Mm -hmm. um, some of us just kind of blabber it all immediately. You know, I got to call somebody immediately. Or some of us go inward mm -hmm. and we, we go in the next room and we don't tell our spouse or our best friend that we're really hurting when we really need it the most. That That's me. That is so me. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think when I am hurting, all I want to do is kind of crawl into a ball. Like I want to lay in my bed, cry it out because it takes me a while to process. Mm -hmm. It takes me a while to process how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling that way. So I really tend to isolate and I'll just go and try and figure it all by myself. I've just been that way since I was younger. Just, mm -hmm. I didn't like people seeing me cry. You know, yeah. I didn't like being vulnerable. So I would just go hide away and kind of cry to myself and figure out, you know, just how I'm feeling and talk to God. But still, even though, you know, it would be my first response, rather I would talk to God rather than to my family or anyone That's else. Good. 
which is a good thing, but still I would isolate myself from others. So they would see me, you know, distraught or, mm. you know, kind of like not fully there and they had no idea why. Right. And, and in any relationship, but especially in the, in the closer, more intimate relationships, that can be a little dangerous too, because mm. then the person's like, well, what did I do? Exactly. Is there a problem between mm-hmm. Lisa and I, you know, did I upset her? What mm-hmm. have I done? And then the, the tendency is for us to reevaluate that relationship now. Not necessarily what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's wise to pause. Uh, sometimes we can um, say something or do something that is out of character when we're in a season of heartache yeah. or, or sorrow or shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really important. And I'm glad that you were able to identify that. Mm-hmm. Um, because just like any situation or anything that we may need to correct in our lives, the first step is recognizing it, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you were able to see that. I think I was uh, more of the opposite. Uh, depending on the topic, sometimes the pain is so vulnerable you don't want to share it, mm-hmm. and sometimes the pain is something that you need. You know immediately needs to be shared. Like you need to share with the person that hurt you. Okay, you hurt me. Yeah. You know, it depends on the context of the problem too, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then, so the next question is, do we, um, do we lash out in anger mm-hmm. of those closest to us? It depends again on the situation. Like if you hurt me, I might lash out at you. Yeah. But some people will experience heartache or discomfort and just lash out at the closest person to them. And misplace it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Misplace the anger. Uh, and then, um, do we seek help? from family and friends and professionals. And, you know, sometimes it's easier for people to go to a professional, like a therapist mm-hmm. or a pastor or something like that, because they don't have that connection where their vulnerability can be attached to their everyday life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's safer depending on the problem. Right? Yeah. You can go to someone, you, you know, you pay them for an hour to listen to it and then you get to go home and it doesn't follow you everywhere. Yes. Um, so it depends on the situation, depends on the person and their level of comfort also. Um, but in this, we were talking about where do we learn these reactions to emotional pain and from whom do we learn them? Mm-hmm. So in many situations, for better or for worse, uh, we learn from the people that taught us how to live, how to react. So, you know, there's an entire generation of people that were told, you know, you don't cry, you don't express it, you keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I now I feel like at least in my generation, we're more like counseling and therapy friendly. Yeah. Uh, and you're able to talk about your feelings mm-hmm. and your pain a little easier. But it depends on where you grew up, when you grew up, what house you grew up in, who your family and influence are and who, how your parents um grieve, but often just like many, many things in life, it's a nature nurture thing where you can learn some really bad habits Mm -hmm. too. And so if, if mom or dad reacted explosively to anger and to frustration, then you might do the same thing. Yeah. Or if mom and dad reacted explosively to anger and to discontent, uh, maybe you're so scared by that you withdraw. Mm -hmm. So it's really important in these seasons, um, to really look inward for a second not in terms of judgment or to condemn yourself or, or any self-loathing, but to go, wait, why, what do I do and why do I do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the next one that I got into was the whole react versus respond situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, I mean, these are big questions with really complex answers, which yeah. is why it's multi-layered. And one doesn't fit all. Right, know? of course. One doesn't fit all. And this is more mm-hmm. of just like, this is an exercise in just pondering mm-hmm. and really thinking about uh, how you react, how you respond, why you do, and then potentially redirecting it in a more healthy way if necessary. Yep. Right? Uh, so one of the things we were talking about is that um, when you understand how you react to a situation, 
And then you can think about why. Like, okay, so do I explode in anger or do I retreat to the spare bedroom? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's how I, re I, re I reacted. Now, why? Yeah. Am I fearful to share my feelings? Do I feel mm -hmm. vulnerable? Am I scared? Do I have a problem verbalizing my feelings? What is the reason why you behave this way? And then it's a difference between reacting and responding. Yeah, huge difference. Huge, huge. And, uh, and not everything requires a response either. Mm -hmm. There are some things that happen to us that it can be very painful um, that don't require us to respond to the other person because it's not a healthy place to do so. Um, so I looked at more definitions. So to react, <laughs> I like this. One of the things that I looked up was like react, reaction, like a chemical reaction, anything explosion, right? Yes. It was like, but some, some reactions are explosive mm -hmm. emotionally. Yep. So to react is to exert a reciprocal or counteracting force or influence. And it says usually used with against. So to react to something is to oppose it or against it. Mm. I thought it was really interesting in the terms of communication and emotional yeah. health because then we go to respond. So we're talking about reacting to a situation versus responding. And the definition for respond was to say something in return, mm. to make an answer or to show favorable reaction. Mm. There's the difference. Yeah. Do you react based on emotion yep. without thinking and pausing or do you pause for a moment Think about what's happening, why you're feeling the way you're feeling, and then respond in a favorable way. And that really is the goal, mm -hmm. is to respond to painful and emotional stimuli with a favorable uh, response. And I thought that was so cool, just from, you know, from a, a word concept, the definition of it. And, and how, how do I want to behave? Do I want to be reactionary or do I want to be responsive? Mm. And that really kind of sent it home for me. Definitely. I, and seeing that and what you wrote on that made me think too. It's just oh. like, do I react or do I respond? You know, am I outwardly bursting or, you know, reacting to it? Or am I like taking that time to pause? And I think that was main, the main reason I retreat so much because I don't want to have a like outburst reaction. That's Instead, good. I retreat, but then that's also could be unhealthy like we said as well. So bless my fiance for helping me with my, you know, emotional responses, my emotional IQ that is like, yeah, you can retreat. It's okay to be sad and it's okay to retreat a little bit, but you also have to verbalize those emotions and mm -hmm. be able to have someone to lean on. Like, why wouldn't you want to have mm -hmm. someone who is there to support you and to help you through these emotions, why wouldn't you want to share that with them? So I've been trying <laughs> to- Trying is the operative word. Yeah, yeah. is to verbalize mm -hmm. those emotions more instead of internalizing it. Cause it can be damaged, damaging to internalize your emotions mm -hmm. so much, you know, cause you're just bottling things up. Mm -hmm. And it's a learned behavior. However, however we respond, is a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. But like I said a little earlier, it's important to know those around you that you love and care for. What is their typical reaction? Mm -hmm. What is their typical response? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I know now, Alyssa, that when you're having a bad moment, you might retreat. Maybe I'll give you a few minutes to mm -hmm. decompress 
to process what you're going through and then come alongside you yeah. in partnership and in encouragement and knowing that perhaps you're still taking time to navigate your feelings yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I know that you need to talk about it immediately, then if I know something bad happened, I'll call you immediately. Yeah. So it's important to be self-aware, but then to also be aware of the people you love around you and how they need you to step up mm-hmm. and be there for them when they're experiencing trauma. And it's equally loving both to yourself and to the other person. And sometimes we don't take that time to find out because we tend to treat people the way we want to be treated. Absolutely. Not necessarily how it's comfortable or beneficial for them. That's important. I love how you said that. It's so true because you expect every, or you don't expect it, but you just Mm -hmm. naturally respond to someone else with how you would want something done. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about it that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So like, for example, if, if, if Ryan is the type of person that needs to come and talk about it right away, he is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is an exercise right now. So now, you know, that if he's that way, that you need to come alongside him immediately mm-hmm. when, if not knowing that if you weren't aware of his needs, you could likely respond to him in letting him have a moment. But to him, it might feel like being ignored when he needs you most. Absolutely. And we've gone through that trial and error. Because I do. I'm like, oh, he's upset. Like, let me give him some time. Like, I'm going to go over here because that's what I want. Like, I want time Mm. to think of us. And he's like, why aren't you talking to me? I'm like, ah. (laughs) It's so true. So it's important. Yeah. To, like, know their learning style, their Mm -hmm. coping style, too. Mm -hmm. So then you can properly respond because not everyone is the way that you are. Exactly. And that's okay. Yeah. But it's just takes that emotional maturity and the self-awareness both Mm -hmm. for you and for him uh, to be able to know and then when you feel safe when you feel like it's okay for you to behave like you Mm -hmm. like you need to feel like it's safe with him to have a moment and process it and you know eventually maybe you can get to the point where you guys are on the same playing field Mm -hmm. and where you can say you know what I can trust him yeah he's going to be there for me the way I need him to be so maybe I can take a deep you know deep breath for five minutes And then now I can come and bring my problems to him where you might have needed a day or two or a week before. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can come, you can come to a level playing field where you both have your emotional needs being met, but in a partnership. Yeah. Where it's not this struggle of opposing tendencies or opposing responses. Um, but that takes time and awareness. And Mm -hmm. if, if, for example, he didn't have good communication skills and wasn't able to tell you that, can you see how much conflict would exist if people are on different playing fields and on different wavelengths without the ability to effectively communicate that with love and mm-hmm. with compassion? So it's important that um, that we allow the other person to be where they are without the expectation that they're going to meet us in the middle and love them the way they need to be loved. It's yeah. the most loving thing you can do yeah. when you meet someone where they are mm-hmm. without the expectation of them performing differently. And then you can grow together because there's a bond to trust. Uh, and you know that you're in a true partnership rather than, you know, ex- having the expectation that the person bend to meet your needs and your style. Yeah, absolutely. Woo, this is like therapy for me. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome, Ryan. <laughs> right? It's true. Though. It is true. It is very I true. Mean, but see, we don't often think about these things um, because we're so busy in our own survival mode. Mm-hmm. And with our own coping mechanism that sometimes we have so much difficulty even understanding that and dealing Mm -hmm. with that and unpacking all of that from our childhood or whatever. And and we've said it before in previous um, podcasts is like just because you were raised a certain way or just because you were exposed to a certain type of behavior, it doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it wrong either. But what I'm saying is just because you're used to something doesn't make it the best way to behave. Mm. 
and to be aware, like we should always be striving to do better, to be better, to know better. Uh, and really that comes down to knowing God. And so it, when you become a Christian and when you accept Jesus into your life and when you begin a Bible study and, and obtaining Bible wisdom through Bible study, uh, you'll realize that there isn't a holy grail like, oh, you're Christian now, all your problems are gone. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? But like God says, you know, I can't, I, he won't remove all our problems. He'll help us to develop us so that we can navigate our problems and he'll find a way through it. He won't mm-hmm. take the problem away. Yep. But he'll, he'll teach us and mold us to be able to get through the problem through him. Absolutely. And that's the key because, you know, it's important for us to not think that if we believe in God, then we're not going to have any more problems. Yeah. And so... You want to do the Bible verse that is so good? Yeah, right. Perfect. John 16, 33. I have told you these things that you may have peace in me. In this world, you're going to have trouble, but be courageous. I have overcome the world. And God is so good that way that he gives us his word Mm -hmm. that really does bring a lot of comfort because Mm -hmm. Jesus has gone through all these things. You know, he's gone through the pain and the heartache and stuff. And there's just, he has so much wisdom to pass on to us Mm -hmm. that we are promised suffering this world. Like we're in a fallen world. We're going to suffer. But how do we handle that suffering? Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, just to touch very briefly on the whole concept of the Trinity, that Jesus Christ came and was born fully and holy man, but he's also fully and holy God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that the Holy Spirit, the, the third part of the Trinity is here with us always. But I love the fact that Jesus came here as a man. So not just as a holy God who is um, magnificent and almighty and all-knowing and not succumbing to temptation, but Jesus also was fully man. He came to earth as a man so that he could understand physical pain. Mm-hmm. He could understand emotional pain. He could understand loss and grief. One of my favorite Bible verses is Jesus wept. Mm. He cried along with people that he loved. He cried for the loss of his friend in death. So he knows our pain. And there's no expectation that we'll be perfect and that we never feel hurt or pain. The expectation is that through knowledge of Jesus Christ, through sanctification and Mm -hmm. trying every day of our lives to become more like him, that we'll navigate it in a more healthy and holy way. Um, Accepting Jesus is accepting the invitation to holiness and to Mm -hmm. righteousness. Um, with the purpose of sanctification so that every day we get closer and closer to him and to being like him in learning how to respond better to negativity and adversity. Yeah. And I love that you addressed that because when he left, he sent us his spirit and the closer we get to him, you know, the more that he renews our minds and our hearts to be more like him and to be able to deal with these life issues that we have. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and, Jesus is a perfect example. So he was crucified, literally dying on the cross. And one of his last words was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm. So he was a perfect example of even when pain is inflicted upon you to not then turn around and behave in an unholy or unrighteous way. And not so to react. Exactly. <laughs> not to react, to respond with love and compassion. And the thing is, when we need the most love and compassion and when we're hurting most, is often the times when we behave the worst. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just think about that sinful fallen world thing and yeah. how the enemy tricks us into being counterproductive. So when we're hurting the most and we have a tendency to lash out or to withdraw is actually when we need somebody's loving arms around us mm-hmm. the most. So why on earth would we react in the most negative and um, kind of isolating way mm-hmm. when we need the most love 
and understanding. It's just, it's so broken. And so in order to break the shackles of that and to be relieved from that kind of um, self-perpetuating misery is to be loving within the pain. And so I, I was thinking of a few things like, um, you know, legitimate trauma mm -hmm. does not excuse bad behavior. Yes. So even though you've been traumatized and even though you've been hurt and even though you may have due cause to be mourning, to be sad, to be angry, it doesn't justify bad behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to remember that. Uh, and because sometimes, you know, the, you know, the old phrase hurt people, hurt people. Yep. Yeah. You don't get to hurt people just because you're hurting. Mm -hmm. And to, to justify it with a statement like that or, you know, an old mantra yeah, it's not doesn't excuse. justify it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you're just, everybody's hurting. Yeah. And, and so it's not, it's, it's very much counterproductive. Um, and so I wanted to think about it. You ever hear that expression, like how you treat people is a reflection of you, not them. Yes. So if someone hurts you and mm -hmm. you hurt them back, you're no better. No, it's you're in control of you. Mm -hmm. And so I came up with this idea, this concept of like how we behave is a result of our choices, not our trauma. Mm -hmm. It's really important to remember that because at the end of the day, you can say, well, I said this because he hurt me or I did that because she did that. No, no, no. You are in control of you. Mm -hmm. So Ultimately, uh, you have to make sure that you respond respectfully and calmly and reflectively upon your own behavior uh, and that you don't um, you don't sacrifice your own salvation or your sanctification and then try to justify it because so and so did something to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love that you said that because it, it, the only thing we can control is ourselves. Amen. So and if you don't like how someone's treating you and stuff, to backlash at them with the same thing makes is no better. Right. How does that, you know, make you any better than them? Exactly. Yeah, and it doesn't. And and the thing is then you're just both wrong. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> oh, exactly. Both in timeout now. <laughs> <laughs> or like even we were talking about like all the different kinds of sadness and heartache and heartbreak and all those things, and we were thinking about like even failure. Mm -hmm. So how often have you had something really exciting happen to you? And maybe a friend had something negative happen to them or some level of failure or disappointment in their life. And you're all excited and they just can't even be joyful with you. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a, a rain cloud on your day. And it's so sad because you should be able to rejoice together. But the reality is because your friend had something negative happen or some level of mm -hmm. failure, they can't re be rejoicing with you. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. And it, it steals joy from everyone. And so if anything... If you've had something negative happen and your friend has something positive happen, be joyful with them. Share in yeah. that. And it's encouraging that, look, good things happen. Maybe it wasn't your timing and you just wait for it. But so often we fall into that pit of despair where we can only focus on our small limited scope and our immediate circumstance and we can't see the bigger picture. And that, you know, if God closes one door, it means another one with his will and his intention will open. Yeah. And sometimes we get just so heart set on what we want that we mm -hmm. can't see that God's at work in places of disappointment. So true. And I think that's like the biggest thing about dealing with grief and heartbreak mm -hmm. is how good your relationship is with God. Because when it is, when you're very close with him, you know that, you know mm -hmm. that this isn't the end all, yeah. you know, that better things are coming. It's more so changing your view, like if you're, for a failure mm -hmm. or something like, what am I learning out of this? Yeah. You know, how is God going to use this mm -hmm. to help for the next thing, mm -hmm. you know, instead of lashing out and like, Oh, poor me, this and that, you know, it's, it's like, no, like there's, Something is going to come out of this. Mm -hmm. How do we move forward? Right. Instead of just basking in that bitterness. Yeah. And, you know, it's really important to remember, like, okay, you can, you can, and you need to, and you should 
acknowledge your feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're having legitimate heartache, disappointment, depression, anxiety, fear, it's okay to acknowledge that. In fact, it's healthy to say, okay, I'm feeling depressed, Mm -hmm. anxious, (laughs) fearful. Think about it. Be self-aware of what you're feeling, but immediately recognize that feelings are not facts. Mm. So you should acknowledge your feelings. You need to respect your feelings and then very quickly recognize just because you're feeling something doesn't mean it is so. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's reality because when we're in heartbreak seasons and when we feel devastated or depressed or disappointed, that's exactly when the enemy will pounce on us. Oh, yeah. And and when we're already consumed with anguish, he'll Mm -hmm. speak over more lies into us. So, for example... Someone may pass away that you love very, very much. Mm-hmm. And you can think, I'm all alone. Yep. Nobody loves me. I'll never be loved like that. Nobody mm-hmm. loves me. Those are lies from the enemy. First of all, Jesus is always with you. The Holy Spirit is always with you. God is always for you. You are never alone no matter what happens on earth. Amen. And so it's important to remember that. So that's mm-hmm. a feeling, but it's not a fact. Yeah. Or like uh, maybe somebody, there was uh, somebody in a marriage and there was infidelity and there's divorce and now you feel betrayed and you feel abandoned and you feel alone. And then that, that completely has a domino dogpile effect of I'm not valuable. I'm not pretty mm-hmm. enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And so the enemy will speak all these lies over you in the midst of despair yeah. when you are less likely to be able to fight the attack. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to remember that in those times that those feelings are not facts and that mm-hmm. feelings can be very fickle and fleeting. And although it's important to say, you know, I'm, I feel depressed right now. Mm-hmm. I feel that way right now. But to not base uh, a future decision on that or to yes. not make a permanent decision based on a temporary feeling. Mm-hmm. And these are these are things that you pick up as you go. And each time you're able to see the truth through the lies of the despair Each time that happens, each time you you successfully and in a healthy way navigate disappointment and despair, um, you'll get stronger each time. You'll get more confident in your ability to look to God and to not spiral. Yes, absolutely. I think that's so good. Like with that happens, like with maturity, like you said, like imagine like your first heartbreak, right? With Mm -hmm. your boyfriend, how devastated you are. Like your life is over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, by the third, fourth, whatever, you're just like, okay, well, it just didn't work out. You know, God has something better for me, you know, and it's totally through maturity that you realize like this isn't, you know, the end all. Exactly. That's, I'm so glad you said that because that's very true. So when, when we endure, suffering each mm-hmm. time we get a little stronger mm-hmm. but we we learn more about ourselves and more about god and sometimes when we've lost everything or feels like we've lost everything yeah. that's when we're more likely to really be surrendered to god and to really seek him when you feel like your life is out of control or the loss is just so devastating um that's often when we're the most poised mm-hmm. to seek god in a really vulnerable and authentic way uh, and so when, for example, you know, that business didn't work out and, and when maybe that relationship didn't work out and we realize, okay, we, we really can only rely on God. It gives you a confidence over time. Like, okay, so God closed that door. So what I was praying for, what I was hoping for was somehow outside of his will. Mm-hmm. And God wants more than we could ever hope for or imagine. Amen. He wants, yes. Mm-hmm. He wants to bless us um, abundantly. So if something that we so desperately wanted and thought we needed for our happiness didn't work, can you imagine how much better what God has planned for us? Yeah. But we don't, we can't see that. And we don't often look at it that way when we're in the midst of the hurting. And it's important to keep that in perspective. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> 
What else are you going? Oh, the there's five stages of grief that we mm -hmm. wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, this one was really cool. And so we've all, and a lot of us have heard about this um, and in terms of grief. And now we can probably get in like, we transition a little bit now, like out of like traditional heartbreak, like maybe romantic mm -hmm. or um, maybe like I said, a failure a job or a business didn't work out and kind of think about more like of the loss of someone mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, and it's, I thought it was important for us to really kind of touch on this right now, because uh, as you know, we're in 2021 and uh, in the last two calendar years, literally globally, we've, we've experienced more loss than mm -hmm. really ever before with the mm -hmm. COVID-19 pandemic. And unfortunately, uh, we've lost so many people. The world is really groaning right now. I mm -hmm. feel like God's people, uh, God's children are really just heart aching for um, deliverance, for yes. uh, repentance, for revival, um, to really... Looking for turn. answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, why? Yeah. My God. Yeah. And to turn our eyes to Him mm -hmm. in the midst of it. Uh, it's really hard when things don't make sense or when we can't see the big picture uh, to be confident that God, that God is really at work. Uh, so I started thinking about, okay, so I've heard of this somewhere before, so I had to Google it. Uh, so the five stages of grief. Number one, denial or disbelief. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime, like, for example, in my case, um, a loved one, um, passes away suddenly or with a brief illness and you didn't see it coming at first it's, it's, it's not tangible. It's not believable. Like, even though you might've watched it happen, it doesn't seem real, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, or for example, then you feel anger. Like, why did this happen? Where is yes. God in this? Yes. Oftentimes when we feel like uh, a loss is so unfair and so sudden and so unjust and so unexpected, and so out of the blue, there's an anger that comes mm -hmm. with that. And trust me, God can handle your anger. God knows they're, you know, losing someone you love deeply can make you angry and mm -hmm. make you sad. And that's okay. Uh, and then the bargaining. Oh, God, you know, please, I'll do anything. You know, we've all had these kinds of conversations when somebody's ill. And Sorry. you can see, you know, um, like between Lisa and I, we've had so much loss in the past couple of years. Um, in the last year year and a half, we lost my mother-in-law, which is Lisa's grandma, mm -hmm. and lost both of my paternal grandparents. Lisa just mm -hmm. mine as well, my other grandmother. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just, it's been a really uh, a year of loss just for us personally. And that's in, in addition to people more external. So people more on the fringes of our lives um, from COVID and from illness and people sick with cancer. And, and so we've experienced so much loss. And Really, you know, at first you're like, this can't be happening. Yeah. It can't be so much in such yeah. a little period of time. So um, sudden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you get angry and then you're bargaining. And then there's it definitely was bargaining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, you know, on your knees, just being like, God, if you bring them back to health, I'll do anything mm -hmm. you want. And, you know, just on your knees, just really upset and sad about it. And mm -hmm. you're just trying yeah. to do anything that yeah. you can because, you know, it's out of your control. It's only in God's control. Yeah. How selfish, huh? Because I think about it like, you know, I was with my, my grandmother passed away in my arms and I'm like, God, I just want her to stay. I'm like, how selfish. She's going to be in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the next 24 hours, she'll be in heaven rejoicing with God. And I want her here. Yeah. Like, right. Shame on me. <laughs> it's almost. That's seems, so true. I think yeah. that's totally the selfish part of us. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I've had my grand grandma's here my whole entire life yeah. you know i'm gonna miss their cookies i'm gonna miss their cooking like they're they're at every one of my events like what like i'm gonna be without them so that's the me me uh -huh. you know like i'm sad they're not gonna be here so it's just like that was the whole fight against it i'm so sad that they're not gonna be here. i'm sad they're not gonna be at my weddings you mm -hmm. know 
But at the same time, I know where their souls are. I know they're with Jesus. I know this and I'm happy for them. I'm glad they're in paradise and I know I'll see them again. So I can really, you know, have peace in that. And I'm okay with that. But yes, it hurts. And yes, I still want them here. But, you know... Like I said, that's the easiest part is knowing I know where their souls are and I know I'll see them again. I know they're watching over us, mm-hmm. you know, they're angels above. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a, a definitely a comfort in that. And and so when you go through all those, the first four stages and you get to the depression stage when they finally do go and you're so mm-hmm. sad and then there's that acceptance. Yeah. In our case as believers, our acceptance is actually rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Um, but acceptance for other types of grief is that you have you eventually get a, to a point where you have to just accept that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, especially with a loss of someone, people say, well, you get over it. I don't believe that you ever get over it. I believe that you just live in a new reality. You yeah. live in a new normal yep. uh, with the absence of that person. Or you live in a new reality of the absence. Okay, well, I, I have to set that dream aside or that business aside or that relationship aside because yeah. it wasn't what God wanted for me so it's an acceptance and it's not a bitter acceptance it should be hopeful and joyful and anytime we have an acceptance in the lord that um, the lord closed the door or ended something for us we should be hopeful in knowing that what he has prepared for us is better than anything we could have prepared for ourselves Uh, and often that that wisdom and that acceptance and understanding might not come until hindsight until yeah. you can look back and say, oh, okay, now I see what God was doing even though I was grieving. Yeah, exactly. And it's okay to grieve. It's okay to mourn. Like God mm-hmm. tells us, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Like he doesn't expect you to be like, oh, it's fine. You yeah. know, don't cry about it. He, you know, he wants us to mourn for them because it is a sad thing. And mm-hmm. it's okay to feel those feelings, but don't misplace it. Don't exactly. you know, react out of that with anger and like, or turn it on yourself and things like that. That's where it becomes... You know problematic exactly and it's important to remember you know like so psalm 46 1 i'm just looking at god is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble so the reality is when we are placed in a position of trouble we're not supposed to go through it alone mm-hmm. god is present with us yes. and and hopefully and my prayer for everyone is that he's also uh, placed people in your life and in your orbit who are planted there by him to love you through mm-hmm. this in a holy way and that um, you you know you and I can grieve together in the hope of the Lord. Yes, and so it's important to surround yourself with other believers and and people who believe in the hope of the Lord because then the mourning um, is is so much more hopeful. Mm-hmm. You can mourn and be hopeful at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mourned for my grandma as she was passing and and in the days following. But like you said, I was hopeful knowing that I'm going to see her again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you have that perspective and you know, okay, your loved one is a believer and they're going to be in heaven with the Lord, your mourning can turn to rejoicing mm-hmm. for their salvation and their soul. And yes. then knowing that, okay, this is the last time I saw them here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be with them for eternity. Absolutely. Um, and that kind of leads into really evangelism and yeah. witnessing to the people that we love. Absolutely. I think that's like... What I've learned a lot with my grandparents passing, exactly, I was able to, you know, rejoice because I knew where their soul is going, but also got me thinking as, you know, that's not always so, you know, for the people who I don't know where their souls reside, or I know they're not with Jesus, like, that's what lights a fire in me, like... 
I don't, my biggest fear is to lose someone to the enemy, Amen. you know? So what do we do about it? What do I do about it? You know, I, it's, that's what makes it really important to share Jesus with your loved ones, you know, so that you know where their soul goes because it makes the grieving easier when you know where their soul is. But when they're lost to the enemy, that's what's truly devastating. And that's what I don't want to see happen. Right. And we've said it before, um, in, in a, a former podcast was that, you know, when you know that someone is a believer, you know where they're ultimately going to end up for mm -hmm. eternity. And uh, I believe you said the quote last time. It was like, for a believer, this fallen world is the closest we'll ever get to hell. Mm -hmm. But for someone who rejects Jesus and for a non-believer, yeah. this fallen world is the closest they'll ever get to heaven. Yeah. And it just creates this urgency um, to share Jesus with the world and share the gospel with the world and say, you know what? There is hope in grieving through Jesus. Mm -hmm. There is life after death yes. through Jesus. Like it's, yes. for me now, it's all things through Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and you know, for example, you can lose that romantic relationship. You can fail at that business venture because there is hope through Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, and in knowing that you're safely in his hands and that whatever he has for you is so, so much wilder for you than your most crazy imagination and your dreams. Uh, and that we can trust him that yeah. he is for us, not against us. And that what Absolutely. he is, what he is providing is going to just blow our minds <laughs> with uh, joy and with provision. And sometimes we feel like in this society of um, success and the drive to be something is that, um, you know, we have such a pressure to succeed on our own merit and really mm -hmm. it all comes from the Lord. It's so true. And it's just like, you know, this isn't our home. Mm -hmm. We have something to look forward to. And I think, which is eternity with Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. and we know he is for us, but I think we sometimes lose sight of that. Yeah. And we get so caught up with the things of this world instead mm -hmm. of looking at the big picture. Yeah. And we get, you know, and, and none of this is to discount mourning or grief or heartbreak. Um, it, those are real things, real emotionally, you know, emotional mm -hmm. pain and trauma and hurt and emotional wounds are very real. And none of this is to discount that. However, uh, I think both of us can really testify that when you know Jesus, mm. when you have a relationship with him and when you trust him, uh, the suffering is different. Mm -hmm. There will still be suffering. But uh, when you can look to Jesus as the solution and the answer and the way to heaven uh, and the way through which you will have provision for your life. You will have joy for your life. Uh, when you really seek that his will be done, there's, mm -hmm. there's such a deep sense of peace that comes with that and a trust. Yes. And it's not just faith. It's, it's really, really just trust in that he is good and that he is for us. Uh, and so when I was doing some of the research and, you know, attaching some of the Bible verses to this, um, I came across some quotes. I don't know if anyone's ever heard <laughs> of Corey Ten Boom. Uh, she's an amazing woman. Look her up. Again, Corey Ten Boom. Um, Google will autocorrect it if you spell it Because <laughs> I did. Yeah. And, um, when you, when you really get into her life, it's a, a beautiful story. Uh, her and her family were, um, they were hiding and keeping Jews safe during World War II. And she's just a phenomenal lady. And uh, somebody ran them out to the Nazis. And her and her little sister were taken and put in a concentration camp. And they were Christians and believers in God. And uh, she obviously made it out alive um, and really suffered greatly. Her sister, who was put in the concentration camp with her, died. And it's just a, mm. an amazing story of faith and of perseverance. And she has some of the best quotes you will ever read <laughs> about life, but also about God. 
Um, and so there's a couple things that really resonated with me. And so I'm going to kind of end on this before we pray, um, because I like I like to talk about our topics and what's interesting to us. Um, I love to talk about scripture and about Jesus. Um, but then I also love to incorporate, you know, other humans who mm-hmm. figured it out, mm-hmm. who can point us to hope through Jesus. Um, so just a couple briefly of her quotes. Um, Suffering ignites our desire for heaven. Mm. Yeah, heard right? that one. <laughs> I mean, if everything was it wonderful does. here, we wouldn't have that drive, exactly. that desire to get to heaven and to know God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not that suffering is like a test or or a measure to which we seek, um, you know, the a relief from suffering. But but really, enduring the suffering of a fallen world really just shows, gosh, how much more glorious can heaven be when that, when there's an absence of evil and suffering? And so, yeah, so suffering excites our desire for heaven. Number two, and we touched on this kind of yep. throughout the, throughout the uh, podcast was suffering is not an excuse to sin. Mm-hmm. Isn't I, I mean, I just love how she says it. And, and this is one of her quotes. And I guess this is from a book that she wrote, but, oh, this was the great ploy of Satan in that kingdom of his to display such blatant evil that one could almost believe one's own secret sins didn't matter. Hmm. Isn't that deep? Mm-hmm. So like if I sin and I'm nasty because I was hurt, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. And we lie to ourselves that way. And the enemy lies to us. Mm-hmm. How many times you, well, I did this because I was hurt. Yeah. Or so, you, and make it okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you justify retaliation because you were hurt. And mm-hmm. that's not the way God's kingdom works. Nope. You're supposed to be righteous and you're supposed to respond with righteousness. And also, uh, final one, number three, suffering makes us more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Amen. He knew suffering. Yes, he did. Uh, and he suffered for our sins, not for his. So when you consider Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, uh, enduring um, pain that someone else inflicts upon us, or enduring the loss of something or someone that we so dearly loved and wanted in our lives, um, it does bring us more like Christ because mm-hmm. when we endure suffering, um, and if, hopefully if we do it in a Christ-like way through righteousness and hope in God, um, not only can we live a happier life, but hopefully through that that process that we can uh, point others to Jesus through hopeful and trusting suffering. Amen. He's he's gone through it all, and he's the one we can always look to to help us in times of trouble. Amen. So when the only person, only perfect person who ever lived is crucified in the manner that he was, surely we can take a little offense. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, have, have our dreams and our plans not work out perfectly and mm-hmm. still rejoice in the name of God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Bye. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much. Um, for your angels here on earth, uh, the Corey Ten Booms, Lord, and for your son, for sending him to us, to, yes. Lord, to suffer for our sins and um, to take on the wrath of the world for our iniquities, Lord. Uh, we ask that uh, in the suffering of this fallen world, Lord, that we pause, uh, that we lovingly and trustingly look to you uh, for peace and for comfort, Lord, and that we learn uh, to develop the muscle memory of first pausing to look to you, Lord, and then to not react uh, with harshness or with doubt or with loathing, Lord, but that we uh, respond in a righteous and holy way, not only so that we can navigate our storm successfully, Lord, so that we can navigate others to you. And Lord, we thank you for your teaching and for your word, Lord, and for your love that we can feel present with us. We ask for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!